Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. All right, City Place Church, are you ready for the word of God today? For everyone that's hopping on here this morning, my name is Damon. I have the honor of being the senior pastor of City Place Church, and I just want to welcome you today. It is Palm Sunday, and I cannot wait to share what God put on my heart for you. I just want to remind you of a couple of things happening this week. We're going to be uh, praying and fasting this Wednesday. We're going to give God uh, just a focus as we head into Uh, Good Friday. This is Holy Week and everything that we focus on is all about Jesus. I mean, we focus on him every single day of the year, uh, but we're really going to intensify that focus. And so we want to encourage you to just set aside something on Wednesday, uh, focus your time, give him some prayer and just uh, some worship. And then we're going to gather on Friday at our Vista Lakes campus where we're going to come together for prayer and prep. We're going to take communion together as a church. And what, what happens on that night is we come together, we, we have a devotional time, we celebrate communion, we pause to remember all that Jesus did, and then we prepare the atmosphere set up for Sunday morning uh, as we prepare for Easter services. God knows uh, what Sunday morning, uh, Easter Sunday morning is going to be like. We want to prepare. And so we're believing God for a great harvest for His glory. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. And so mark your calendar for Friday fast with us on Wednesday, and then we can't wait to see you uh, at our uh, services. We have two, 9.30 and 11.30, so we encourage you to register your kids, get them signed up uh, for that Easter egg hunt. It's going to be a really fun Sunday. We're really, here's how we've been praying as you pray along with us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 that Jesus was moved with compassion, and the Bible says that he said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. So we've been saying, Lord, we, we are believing you for your harvest, sin laborers. And so we're asking every single person to be a part of two services, worship one service and serve one Sunday. And so we had so many at our in-person service respond that, hey, we will serve the first service or the second service um, because we wanna be prepared to catch his harvest. And then in Psalms chapter two, it says, ask me for the nations and I'll give them to you as your harvest. Literally he says, pray and ask for the nations so that the nations can be given back to the Father as a harvest. And so we're asking God, God, the people that you send to City Place on Easter, whether it's online or in person, God, give us the honor of being able to catch them for you and disciple them so that they can be returned back for your glory. And so that's how we're praying. So pray along with us. Uh, we just believe that we, our hearts are ready for what God wants to do. Last week, last week we, we were focusing on a subject and a topic entitled Friend of Sinners. And so all of you who are watching today, I just want to say shout out. Shout out to my mom and my dad, always hanging out, my aunts, my families in Washington, D.C. Some of you are watching from uh, not even in the United States, but other parts of the world, literally. So thank you for giving up your Sunday uh, every single week. But we started a a thought heading into Easter um, because we have a burden to see people saved. We have a burden for you to live in freedom. We have a burden for you to be all that God's called you to be. 
And we, 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 we said that last week's topic might be a little controversial, but it literally talks about Jesus being referred to as a friend of sinners. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 18, it says this, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he was a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton, a wine bibber, collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. We spent time talking about a man by the name of Zacchaeus last week, and the Bible says that Zacchaeus was short in stature, and uh, he heard that Jesus was coming, and because he was short, he ran and, and he couldn't see over the crowd, so he climbed up in a tree, and the Bible says that Jesus is walking to Jericho, and he says, uh, the Bible says that as he's walking, he kind of detours and goes over and he says, Zacchaeus, come down for today. Salvation is coming to your house. And the Bible says that there were some people who were in the crowd and they go, why would he go with him? Is this man a guest of sinners? And we said this, we said as our overarching thought that Jesus is real strategic. He meets us in our sin. He meets us where we are in our sin. But he has from the beginning of time seen us as a friend. He doesn't tolerate our sin, y'all. He doesn't tolerate the sin. Sin doesn't please him. No, 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 no. But he meets us in our sin. The Bible says this, we all have sinned and fallen, fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all going to miss the mark. That's what sin means. It means to literally miss the mark. And so Jesus was focused on the lost person. In fact, he says this, he says, the son of man didn't come to save those who have already found me. I've come to save those who are lost. And so Zacchaeus has this encounter with Jesus because he was desperate. And there was a couple of thoughts that we said, and I'm just going to go over them because the final thoughts are going to lead into our focus of today. We said this last week, we said your desperation for Jesus should drive your passion to see him up close, not just be around him, but to see him up close. We said that you shouldn't worry about, don't worry about what other people think because uh, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a thief at the time. And the Bible says that even while he was short in stature and he had clout in his nation, in his city, he didn't really care. And so he said to himself, I'm not going to worry about what people think. Can I tell you that you cannot worry about what people think? They didn't call you. They didn't create you. They didn't form you. They didn't forgive you. So why would we give all of our attention to someone that cannot save you? And Zacchaeus says, I am going to spend my attention and my desperation on having an encounter with Jesus. We said last week that our relationship and view of Jesus is going to be carried out either by the view of others or by your personal experience. Zacchaeus had a personal experience with Jesus to where he said, wow. Jesus has seen me as his friend and he delivered me from my sin. We said this, your past will try to distract you, but you have to keep your desperation towards Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came for you. Here's what's cool about last week's story. Last week's story, Zacchaeus, when you, you, you have to read it, he was, a, he was a tax collector. He was a thief. He had stolen money from people. He had done people wrong. He was known for being short in stature. He couldn't see over the crowd. So many times you and I will have insecurities and fears and failures that will try to hold us back. 
But Jesus literally walks over to him. Watch now. First, upon meeting him for the first time, he says, Zacchaeus. See, Jesus came for you. He came for me. He knows you by name. He says, Zacchaeus. Here's what's, what, what's amazing. Zacchaeus was known as one thing, but Zacchaeus' name meant pure. And when he encountered Jesus for the very first time, Jesus says, pure. That's how I created you. Come on down. See, Jesus came for you. And so we ended last week's message by focusing on this thought. We said our desperation for Jesus should drive our passion to see others encounter his touch. And we not just keep him to ourselves. So we encounter Jesus. We can't keep him to ourselves. We want to be passionate for Jesus. We said there were people who were trying to keep Jesus away from or keep Zacchaeus away from an encounter with Jesus by saying, oh, he's a friend of sinners. No, Jesus wants to meet you right where you are. But once Jesus meets you right where you are, we want to make room for someone else. So our desperation to meet Jesus should be matched by our desperation for someone else to see Jesus. And we finished like this. We said, pull up a seat for someone else. Pull up a seat for someone else. Why? Because lost people need a friend. Because reaching the lost is a biblical mandate. Because the church doesn't just exist for you and I. Exists, we exist for the world. Because heaven and hell are a real reality. And so that the love of Christ can be revealed so people can follow. See, here's what we realize. And now we're going to trans transfer, uh, you know, move into this week's focus. See, we make room for others because Jesus made room for you. Like so when Jesus encounters you, there's so much more room at the table for Jesus to come. And so we're going to make room. So we have one week left before Easter. We want to see heaven filled. We want to see people come into a relationship with Jesus. We want you to be all that God's called you to be. You play a part. No matter what city you're in, whatever nation you're in, you play a part. You play a part in God using you to open up the door for somebody else. We can't be selfish about Jesus. Jesus encounters us. We are desperate for him. He wants to use us to help someone else encounter him. And so our heartbeat all year long has been God do above and beyond, according to Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, beyond what we can imagine as we pray, as we grow in our discipleship, as we grow in our generosity and as we grow in our evangelism, meaning we want to go to someone else who doesn't know you yet. Why? Because if Jesus made room for us. We want to make room for someone else. Then we want to make room for God to use us. And on this Palm Sunday, I came across a passage of scripture where we're going to focus this morning. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. And remember, you can download today's message notes at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. And do me a favor right where you are. Will you go ahead and share today's message? Tell somebody we're hanging out with City Place and you need to be here today. Continuing this thought, friend of sinners. Today, we're going we're gonna to stay in this thought, but I want you to see the strategic nature of Jesus. Watch this. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. It says, now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. <coughs> Loose them and bring them to me. 
And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches, palm branches, some versions say, from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all of the city was moved saying, who is this? Some said, this is Jesus the prophet from the, from the Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray. Father, we love you for who you are. Jesus, do what only you can do. Have your way today. Change lives. Position us in a place to be used by you this Easter. In Jesus' name, amen. In this story, Jesus is on the road, literally days away from dying on a cross for you and I. And every single year, literally across the world, Palm Sunday is celebrated because this is when the people begin to create an atmosphere and recognize Jesus as a king. And they would lay palm branches on the ground as he rode on the donkey, but something amazing happened. The Bible says that Jesus tells two disciples, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to begin to make room. He says, you're going to find over here at this spot, there's going to be a donkey and there's going to be a colt. And I want you to go and tell the owner that I have need of them. And the Bible says that the disciples go as Jesus asked. And I was thinking about this next week, I was thinking about Easter and I was thinking about the fact that Jesus really does want us to be used. Jesus could have done everything on his own, but he looks at his disciples and he says, now go. Because we are about to begin to make room and prepare the way for others to encounter me. Like Jesus is real strategic in saying, I'm going to need your help to see others encounter me. Jesus wants to make sure that every single person has an opportunity to encounter him. He tells his disciples, he says, go and move and bring back to me a donkey and a colt. And then he says this, and he says, and when you find that donkey and when you find that colt, loose them and say, the Lord has needed them. Write this down. You and I are called to engage the purpose and destiny of others. So Jesus makes room for us to be used by him. But then he says, now listen, there's a donkey and then there's a colt. I want you to loose them and 
Bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord has need of them. Here's the thing. A donkey, when you look it up, a donkey is the mature, and the colt is the immature. The donkey is the one that could be stubborn. The colt is the one that's ready to advance. Jesus literally says there are some people who are, st who are stuck in life and some people who are ready to be unleashed. And he says, I need them both. He literally says there are some people who are stuck and bound in a place where, where they're not moving like they should. And there's others who feel like their purpose and their position, their, 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 their destiny hasn't even been unlocked yet. And he says, now, what I need you to do is I need you to go and I need you to immediately loose them. He literally said, I am empowering you to go to them where they are. They are stuck. They are bound. And I need you to tell them the Lord has need of you. And if anyone tries to stop you, tell them the Lord has need of you. He literally says to his disciples, you are empowered to impact the purpose of someone else. See, I, I, I know that that story doesn't look like that when you read it, but that's how I see it. Like, like if, if I was to look at this and this, the strategy of Jesus, he's literally saying, listen, there are some people who are stuck where they are that need to have my presence with them. They need to carry my presence. They need me to be present in their life, but they're bound. Disciples, I need you to go. I, I need you to represent me and, and, and seeing them walk in their freedom. And the authority that you have is my name. Like, you are empowered to use my name to see someone else walk in freedom. See, you and I are called it's not a choice, y'all. You and I are called to engage the purpose and destiny of somebody else. When he made room for you, you and I have to make room for others. Remember, I just said our desperation drives us to Jesus, but our desperation for Jesus should also be the same desperation we have for someone else. The reason why City Place is here this morning spending time with you is because we are desperately passionate about you being all that God's called you to be. We refuse for you to be bound in any area when the Lord's like, I need you. I need all of you. So he says, no matter the situation, no matter the environment, if anybody rises up, you tell them the Lord has need of it. There's something about the name of Jesus that sets people free. God's heart has always been, I, and I'm going to continue to repeat it. Maybe you're hearing this for the very first time. God's heart has always been lost people to be found, found people to be free, free people to be equipped and equipped people to be mobilized. It is God's heart to find you. It is God's heart to free you. It is God's heart to equip you with everything that he has for you. And it's God's heart to mobilize you so that somebody else can be impacted. This Easter, City Place Church, we're asking you not to just do it because City Place is asking you. We're asking us as a church to mobilize ourselves for the kingdom's purpose. This is what, yes, we want to see people present in God's house. We want to see people saved. But this is all about the mission and the heart of Jesus. He wants to encounter them. And guess what? Go.
tell them I need them. See, there's, I, I, I want you to take notes. Here we go. There are three typical responses that we all come across and that we all lean on when we f- see people in certain situations where they may be in need. And, and then there's a familiar story in, in Luke chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan. It's, it's, it, it goes something like this. Just, this is Jesus talking because there was a guy that asked Jesus, uh, what, what, what commandment should I focus on? And Jesus says, well, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the guy was like, oh, I got that down. And he says, well, who is my neighbor? Like, who, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes, OK, let me give you a little parable. He says that there's a man coming and as he's coming, he's robbed. Beaten. Stuff is stolen from him. And he says, and a priest comes and is walking down the street, sees the man, crosses over to the other side of the street and lets the man be. It says that another man comes who is a Levite who assists the priest in the temple and he sees him and he crosses the street. But then the Bible says that there is a Samaritan man that comes and he has compassion. And he begins to bound up his wounds and the Bible says that he places him, watch now, on his donkey and begins to carry him to an inn. And he tells the innkeeper, he says, now listen, take care of this person. And if he raises, if, 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 he, if, he, if he has to put stuff on the tab to survive, when I come back, I'll pay the price. And Jesus says, listen now, which one has the greatest impact? And the guy said, well, the one that, that stopped. See, what, if, if, if I could give you a historical context of this story is that the, Jesus is really strategic because the priest walked by, the Levite walked by. These were, these were church people who, who, who saw a need, but they went the other way. And Jesus uses the Samaritans. See, in historical context, the Samaritans and, 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 and the Jews of Judah, they didn't get along because the, the Samaritan people were viewed as sinners and they were viewed as those who were, who were just nasty towards God and, and they wanted nothing to do with God. They were anti-God. And so Jesus is real strategic to show how if we're not careful, the world will be caring for people more than people inside of his house. See, Jesus said, whoa, 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 I'm going to tell you a story that sometimes even the ones who walk with me or follow me will not be passionate for others to encounter me. He's like, they're carrying my presence. They're carrying my power, but sometimes they won't even stop to activate what he wants to do. So Jesus tells this story and he says, hey, the Samaritan stopped. And bound up his wounds, Jesus is so so strategic because he wanted to evoke an emotion of like, hey, go, free, heal, bind up the wounds because I have need of them. See, we have to be careful because here's, here's some of the responses that I found as I was reading Luke chapter 10. A first response, and we saw it with the priest that walked by, and I can't tell you the whole story, but the first response was, it's not my problem. We'll say it's not my problem because it's not my fault. It's not, there, there are pastors who, 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 who will share Jesus. There, there, there are ministry leaders that will share Jesus. There are missionaries that will share Jesus, but it's not my, it's not my fault. It's not my concern. No, 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 no. It is ours. Why? Because Jesus says, go. And he says, listen, there are people around you who are stuck 
There are people around you whose purpose is ready to be let go. You go free them. But you tell them, I have need of them. I'm trying to use you to make room. He, he, he's literally saying, like, I'm ready to use you. Why? Because you are called to engage people, their purpose and their destiny. Response number one is not my problem because it's not my fault. Here, 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 here's a fact. Saying it's not my problem is, off, is often an indication for us that we may be living for ourselves instead of living for other people. Meaning like we may be living our spiritual life for ourselves, our, our, our spiritual destiny for ourselves, not realizing, not recalling the fact that Jesus placed us where we are so that we can impact someone else. You and I have to stop and engage. Response number two that I found as I'm, Jesus is like, go, impact, free them because I need them. Tell them the Lord said I need them. But I'm looking at the Good Samaritan and he stops, but others are moving by. The priests are like, sorry, not my problem, not my fault. Then there was the Levite who was an assistant to the priest. They walk by. And here's, here's how I can see it. Response number two, write this down. The problem is too big. The problem is too big. Have you ever been in a place where you felt overwhelmed or underqualified to help someone, to be an answer to that situation, to be able to step up and say, Jesus can help? We've all been there where we felt underqualified or like that, that, that's not our situation or maybe we shouldn't invoke Jesus into that, or maybe we shouldn't respond to that. We've all been there. And the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 10 that the priest says, ah, nope, no thank you. Then the Levite says, nope, no thank you. Well, one says, it's not my problem. The other one says, the problem is too big. Can I tell you that the person and the people around you, you're there for a reason. The situation that you could speak life to, you're qualified. The Jesus on the inside of you has to come out of you. We've all been guilty of thinking, I'm not qualified, I can't do this. But so often, watch now, so often, us continually saying, I'm not qualified, I can't do that. Watch now, it'll mask in our life, watch, don't, don't, don't dislike me, it'll mask laziness. It'll mask, I don't want to do that, versus the Jesus inside of me has equipped me and empowered me and called me to gauge other people at their purpose and their destiny. Watch this. If we're not careful, we can deliver or we can develop a temporary, I'm just passing through mentality toward people. We can literally say, hey, I'm just here to say what's up. That's it. Or people may not even be on our radar. We may not even, we, we may just be living for ourselves if we say the problem's too big. Or it's not my problem and it's not my fault that they got in that situation. But no, you are called to engage. Jesus literally says, you too, you have the power and you have the authority to go to a stranger's house that's holding those donkeys and tell them, free them. I have need of them. Can I tell you this morning, there's so much power on the inside of you that if you and I 
will be desperate to pursue Jesus up close and be desperate to make room for somebody else, he'll use you. Here's a third response. And this is where the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 that the Samaritan stops. The third response is, hey, I know the answer. I was made for this. See, the Bible says that when you, you have to read the story, the Bible says that the man was moved with compassion. When he saw that the person had been beat, robbed, and they were stuck there and they couldn't get to the healing by themselves. They couldn't get to the freedom. by He couldn't get there because he, he, he was injured. He was hurt, similar to the donkey being tied. He, he moved with compassion and said, I got the answer. I was made for this. The Bible says he binds up his wounds and he puts him on his own donkey and cares for him to completion. It says, if there's a price that needs to be paid, I'll pay it. Why? Because write this down. Compassion is part emotion, part love and part passion. Compassion is part emotion, part love and part. It's the same heart that Jesus had in Matthew chapter nine, when the Bible says Jesus had been healing people throughout every land. But then he realized that there were some places that he hadn't even gone yet and some places where where he, he was looking at people. And he said, as I looked, there were people who were walking around like sheep who had no shepherd. And the Bible says, and he was moved with compassion. He was moved with the emotion. He was moved with the love. He was he was moved with the feeling of they need to encounter me. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, he looks at his disciples. He says, freely you have received me. Freely you give. Go to the places. And he says, heal the lepers, cleanse this, uh, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Why? Because you are called to engage the purpose and destiny of others. Your response in every situation that you walk into should be, I have an answer. His name is Jesus and I was made for this. Compassion is not meant to stay inside of us. It's meant to motivate us to action. Compassion causes you and I to focus on our dedication to Christ and our resources to seeing kingdom results. Compassion is like the spiritual frustration with a loving purpose. It's like, Jesus, no, no, they have to encounter you. Jesus, they must experience freedom. Jesus, if I walked in freedom, they must also. Compassion is a spiritual frustration that is, watch now, part emotion, part love, part passion that says the kingdom result in your life has to take place. Jesus was moved with compassion. He says, everybody needs to experience what the Father has to offer. Disciples, go. You're going to find two donkeys. One has been stuck for so long in their situation. And the other one, the colt is just ready to bust in purpose. 
and destiny, future ahead. Free them, loose them. And if you run into an obstacle, use my name. City Place, if you run into an obstacle in any situation in your life, use his name. When you see things around your family members and your friends, don't be silent anymore. Don't be silent on your job. Don't be silent in your home. Don't be silent in your community. Don't be silent when you see someone missing the mark. That's what sin means, missing the mark. When Jesus is like, but I would love to be close friends with them. Don't be silent. When we know that heaven needs to be filled and people need a relationship with Jesus, don't be silent because you have on the inside of you what they need. See, I realize that in order for those disciples to walk over and to say, uh, excuse me, the, the Lord has need of them. He caused them to have to lay down their pride and their, their identity so that Jesus could be honored. Remember, Jesus says, now listen, this has to be because I'm to ride in on the donkey. Because it's already been spoken. See, they had to lay down their pride. I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, come on, Jesus. I don't know that person. Jesus, you're going to send us. They had to lay down their pride. So that Jesus could be glorified. Here's what here's what continues. So the Bible says that they go and they did just what Jesus commanded. Look at verse six and seven. So the disciples went and did just as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey. And the colt laid their clothes on them and set him on it. They literally said, forget our pride. We're not the only ones that need to encounter Jesus here. There are other people who need to encounter Jesus. We're, let's go. So the Bible says they go. They say, hey, he needs this. The owner lets it go. And the Bible says that they realize that Jesus is going to ride upon it. So they lay their identity, their purpose by taking off their coats. It was a sign of who they were. So they took their clothes and they laid it because kings, when they would ride horses, they would ride on the backs of a horse. But they had royalty that that was that they would sit on. And so they took off their identity. They took off their pride and said, Jesus. Ride on it. So you and I lay down our identity. To see Jesus honored, but it goes on, it says in verse eight, it says, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others begin to cut down branches from trees and spread on them. Literally, the disciples say we want to go because we realize that God has called us to unlock the purpose and destiny for somebody else. So they're like, hey, the Lord has need of them. They say, oh, we're going to lay down our pride and our identity for Jesus. Jesus hops on the donkey and the Bible says that everyone around the multitude who weren't even talked about early on began to lay down their identity, who they were, because Jesus was passing through. So they're laying down their identity and they're laying down their pride. The Bible says that some even went and began to cut branches. Other versions of this says they began to cut down palm branches. In Florida, we have a number of palm trees. And here's the thing. When you go to cut down a palm tree, you can't go barehanded. You have to literally take some gloves. Why? Because there's thorns that stick out. And so if you can imagine, they're literally cutting down the trees and experiencing pain. And I can see them saying, this is our pain that's being laid. 
This is our hurt that's being laid. Jesus, walk on our pain. Walk on our scars. Jesus, you're worthy of it. There's a flexibility to the palm tree. Jesus, we're going to be flexible in our, in our purpose, flexible in our destiny. And they just begin to walk on. Why? Because kings are honored in such a way. See, so you and I have to lay down our pride and our identity to see Jesus honored. And I realize as I wrap up, that it's an act of worship to serve and obey Jesus. We're laying down our pride. We're laying down who we are. We're saying, Jesus, if you, if you see it in us, we're going to go, we're going to pursue. At the end of the day, when we serve Jesus with our whole heart and we're passionate and we're desperate for him and we say, God, you are in me. I am going to engage others. It's an act of worship. When you obey, it's an act of worship. The Bible says that Jesus told them, go. We read later that they went, they obeyed and they served. And it was an act of worship. Watch what happens. The Bible says that they spread down the clothes. You can have my identity. You can have my pride. You can have my service. I'm going to give my time and my energy. I'm going to see someone else loosed and free. It's an act of worship. Here's what's cool. Let's get ready to pray. Something happens when we truly follow Jesus. It becomes contagious. The men lay down their pride. They see their service as an act of worship to Jesus. And then something happens. When they decided that they would follow Jesus, it became contagious. Jesus will serve you, will obey you. Jesus, we realize that there's something on the inside of us that causes others' purpose and destiny to come alive. We will go get the donkey and we'll go get the cult. Just so you know, the Lord has need of him. Let him go. We will see people free, Jesus, yes. We're going to lay down our identity and our pride for you. And the Bible says that others begin to do the same. When you are passionate and desperate for Jesus, you open up a door for others to be passionate for Jesus as well. It says that they laid down their clothes and then out of nowhere they started saying, Hosanna! Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Over these next few days as we head into Easter, as we take our Wednesday to pray and fast, as we come together on Friday to seek the Lord and remember Jesus' sacrifice, as you're going throughout your day and you're downloading those virtual invite cards and you're sharing them online or you you're using the the the, the, the physical handouts and you're inviting people to the 10,000 easter egg hunt we're making room because jesus encountered you and he encountered me and so we want jesus to be contagious we want people to encounter jesus
like never before. Jesus has a way of meeting us right where we are. On this Palm Sunday, I would love the opportunity to meet you right where you are. Maybe you are the, the person that's been stuck. And you're trying to say, Jesus, I've been here for a long time and I need to experience freedom. Maybe you're the person whose purpose and destiny, you're just ready to have it fulfilled. Well, neither can happen without Jesus being involved. And right where you are, I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus died and rose again for you. You know, if I was to continue on in the book of Matthew, after Jesus walks through this town, things begin to change very quickly. He does a couple more miracles, but then one night he's betrayed. And then he dies on a cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose again. And the reason why he died and rose again was so that you could have a relationship with God the Father. And in the New Testament, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, he comes and lives on the inside of you. And today I would, I would love the honor of engaging you right where you are, your purpose and your destiny, it all begins with Jesus. I would love to pray a prayer with you today. I'm gonna to pray a prayer right where you are. You can bow your head, close your eyes. I wanna pray a prayer and I just want you to just say it after me. It goes like this, say, Dear Jesus, today I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again. I give you permission to come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I accept you freely as my Lord and Savior. Free me from anything that's been holding me back. I'm ready. I'm ready to chase after you. I'm ready to be all that you called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place Church, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, right where you are. You've made the best decision of your life. City Place Church has been praying for you, and it's an honor to celebrate this moment with you right now. Here are two next steps, two next steps. Our team would love to celebrate the decision that you made to follow Jesus today. It will be our honor to come alongside you and encourage you. Here's what I want you to do, that virtual connect card that I mentioned earlier, or text the word City Place to 94000. Let us know the decision that you made. I also want to invite you to be a part of our baptisms. We have baptism scheduled for April the 24th um, at our in-person service. We would love to celebrate that with you. And maybe if you live outside of the Orlando area, we would love to help you find a life-giving church um, in the area where you reside. But those are just two next steps. We really wanna be able to take this next step with you and celebrate with you. Well done on the decision you made to follow Jesus today. Well done. It is Easter week and we're going to celebrate every time someone says yes to Jesus. Well, right now we're getting ready to worship the Lord with our giving. This is our time to bring our tithe and our offering as an act of worship. And so you can give online right where you are. You can text as well. Um, we believe that God has called our heart to live, to give. And um, we get to impact our community. You know, one of the ways that we 
are able to impact our community is by doing things like we're gonna do on Easter Sunday. 10,000 eggs. The Easter egg hunt is a tool to see people's lives change. It is not the main event. The main event is when kids respond to the gospel message and adults respond to the gospel message. And so because of our giving and our partnering together and being faithful in our tithe and our offering, we're able to do this and just tell our community, just come, just come. This is our gift to you and then we give them Jesus. And so uh, as you give today, just know that we're gonna make an impact and see lives change for the kingdom of God. Let me pray today. Father, we love you today. We thank you that as we bring our tithe and our offering to you, Jesus, it's all um, for you. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to see increase in our life. We bring it back to you. Thank you for those that said yes to you today. We honor you, Jesus, for uh, meeting people today. Thank you, Jesus, that you're using us this week to see people's chains broken and loosed because you have need of them. I pray that we're desperate this week for you and desperate for others to meet you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you that we were made for this. Amen. Have a great week, City Place Church. We'll see you Friday night and Sunday morning. Have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.